I used to collect signatures for a living for initiatives. And I whoa, just whoa, whoa, you're going to put yourself out of a job. Exactly. And I know some other people like me who believe in democracy enough that they would put themselves out of that job. Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on Whole Whale podcast, we have... Evan Rabbits, the founder of Strengthen Direct Democracy. We found him on the internet because he has such an interesting story about the digitization of democracy, specifically in Colorado. Evan, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Well, I you know, I don't know where to start, so maybe the beginning is a place to to go yeah. from. Can you give me an idea of what Strengthen Direct Democracy has been up to and go from there. Well, we wanted to do something really simple. I'm assuming your audience is familiar with ballot initiatives that exist in 24 states and probably thousands of cities. So the problem with American direct democracy and ballot initiatives is that you're required to pass petitions in person, one-to-one, -one, witness and notarize every signature. So on the state level where you typically have, like in Colorado, you have to get about 130,000, it costs a million or $2 to hire enough petitioners. And this is ridiculous in this day and age when all of us have signed many online petitions except legal ones to get on the ballot. So that's all we tried to do is just to get online petitioning for direct democracy. And it should have been a, a snap and, and it governments should want it because it saves them a lot of money, which we could go into. And, and it solves a whole lot of problems like people who are shut-ins who don't wanna go out to a store and look for a petitioner and sign a petition. It works for travelers who aren't in the state when the petitions are being passed. Here in Colorado, more recently, <clears throat> in 2018, Big Oil and Gas was facing an initiative that would have forced them to keep new drilling 2,000 feet, I'm sorry, 2,500 feet from people and waterways and such. And <clears throat> so oil and gas hired what I'd call petitioner harassers. And they'd get two big guys to double team a short female petitioner and tell people, don't sign this petition. It'll ruin the state's economy. And it there's something fake about it and, and blah, blah, blah. So online petitioning would obviously solve that. It would solve other problems that came up during that initiative, which included hijacking petitions until lawsuits were brought and paying off petition companies to stop petitioning. So all of that would go away if the city or state were running 
the online petitioning. That, that's as simple as that. Yeah. And so the, you know, we can get into the battle and the where it was and where it is now. And clearly in that list of things that would help is little things like, I don't know, if a pandemic came up and maybe it's not so safe to Another exist really next important. to each other. <laughs> like we now have firsthand experience of why things must be moved uh, digitally. But can we just go to making sure that I and we understand the how the petition actually Move. So right now, for instance, on petitions.bouldercolorado.gov, we see there is an Arts for Boulder petition and a Safe Zones for Kids. And it looks like they have a need for 3,400 signatures or petitions. Like, what happens? What is the next thing after I get, how did I get that petition on that site? And then what happens if it achieves its goal? Well, basically, in a city, you work with a city clerk. On the state level, you work for, with the Secretary of State, and they do all the background work to get that to appear online. And then once it appears online, you, the interested body, needs to generate that digital attention to yeah. get enough petition signatures. Now, there's to ask a silly question, as I want to do. Can I say, no, I don't want this to go, or is it a positive-only petition? Positive-only, yeah. And that's the same. So there are 24 states with ballot initiatives. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure all of them are just like that, where you only – it's not like a vote yes or no. It's do you, do you want to get this on the ballot? And if you don't, you don't sign it. Yeah. And, you know, just to play back the history clock, I believe you were actually the first, if not one of the first, because Arizona was in there as well, to actually get this system in place. Yeah, but there's a difference. In Arizona, they only use it to get candidates on the ballot, oh. not a Right. Now, it's to the computer, it's identical. It's just, <laughs> are you putting a name on the ballot or are you putting a sentence, a proposition on the ballot. And in Arizona, this is significant. They've had it for 10 years. It works perfectly. Candidates get on the ballot much easier than they used to, but they refuse to use it for initiative and referendum. And that's because <clears throat> it saves millions of dollars and People in power don't want to make it easier for you to share their power, usually. So here in, in Boulder, we're the first place to have online petitioning for direct democracy. And for the same reasons, the city, the state, and the county have colluded to try to keep it off the ballot after it passed overwhelmingly they delayed it for a year and then they butchered all the details and in particular within a few months of the voters passing this and putting it in the city charter this national nonprofit called maplight came along and said oh we we like to uh it, to promote democracy and we're software experts 
and we will custom make you an open source online petitioning system for free. And their president flew to Boulder on their ticket and demoed the mock-up of the system they were going to give us for free. Then in the words of my friend Steve Pomerantz, a longtime former city council member and part of the working group that I was on that got this on the ballot, the city went dark, he said. And we didn't hear from him until a meeting. At, so the next time we heard, the city attorney told city council during a public meeting, we won't sign a contract for the software until we've had a meeting with the working group, which was getting suspicious since we hadn't heard from them in six months. And then we went to the meeting and they had signed a contract and gotten it notarized just the day before. They raced to break their word and sign a contract for half a million dollars after rejecting the Maplite free offer on false pretenses, on the false pretenses that Maplite had never made a free, I'm sorry, had never made a secure website and that their proposal had no security in it, both of which were lies. They made secure websites for the California Secretary of State, the League of Women Voters, and now Denver elections. But they lied and said they never had. And of course, their proposal had security in it. That's that's in, incredibly important for any government function. So they lied about why they rejected the free offer, and they spent half a million dollars. Absurd. And when you looked at <clears throat> at the uh, at the two campaigns, you saw that only about four hundred odd signatures of that thirty four hundred were gotten online because it's really hard to use, which we can go into. And so over 3,000 signatures had to be collected on paper for each. So it had very little advantage. Most people couldn't use it. And this was done purposely. And it's it's a five-year battle. When, when we got it in the city charter in 2018, our part should have been over and the city should have done what... 71% of the citizens want it, but they still have it. They won't even now that the software they're using has proved so difficult, they won't call Maplite and say, okay, we're going to try your free version and see which is better. I mean, they're, they're just like... <clears throat> I advise all citizens to watch the, the award-winning documentary called All Governments Lie. Mm. It's free on YouTube. And it'll really help you understand things like this. Yeah, it's fascinating because I think the states with the direct democracy opportunities of petitions, right, and getting these initiatives into the the voting public is 
incredibly useful for nonprofits. And that kind of tying it back to here. If you want to talk about actually getting funding, real funding and working with the government, like this is such a great system to do it with. And for states that have this functionality, assuming it works, <laughs> it's interesting to hear, you know, if you are in a state without direct democracy or in there, or if you have, you know, a non, non-technical, at this point, actually, it's kind of curious to me, do all of the states that have petitioning systems actually use technical? Like, is it, is this standard now? Or are there still online? states that don't have online? <clears throat> No state has online and no city has online. I didn't understand this. Boulder is the first in the country. First, but I didn't realize it was like kind of only though. Yeah. No, no. I mean, they're fighting it to the death here and probably most other places would too. Because this makes it a thousand times Mm -hmm. easier to get it on the ballot. Here's an example. That 2018 drilling setback initiative Mm -hmm. was, I talked to the organizers and they told me that they spent, they did, this one was unusual. They did have a lot of volunteer signature gatherers, but they spent 700,000 on paid signature gatherers. And this only left them, this only left them $400,000 for the ad campaign to win once it was on the ballot. And of course, oil and gas, they spent, I believe it was like $40 million to defeat Mm -hmm. them. If there were online petitioning, I'm thinking instead of costing $700,000 to get enough signatures, well, basically you just hire a social media coordinator who goes on all the social media and say, go to the petitioning website and sign. And it might cost $5,000 instead of $700,000. And then they would have had over a million dollars for the ad campaign. They might've, that might've made the difference. So for nonprofits who don't have, who aren't friends with billionaires, this makes it at least a thousand times easier. It is so critically important just to like look at this as a like it seems like a small technical component, but you're clearly seeing you're clearly seeing even in your story here how it took, as I understand it, at least two years to get a technical platform in place for what voters had already chosen to do. And there's a reason for that. I think you are right speaking to the fear of elected officials in direct democracy. But it is an amazing tool for nonprofits that want to enact social change at scale. And so it's kind of curious that if you are interested in the environment, if you're interested in arts and schools, if you're interested in safe zones for kids, if you are interested in fill in the blank, step one is not actually getting that coalition together. Step one seems like it might be doing what you did in Boulder and just relentlessly dogging people to do what the voters wanted and implement a tool like I, I'm not familiar with Maplight, but maybe we'll even reach out to them to get you know some more story from them. But getting this step in place reduces the friction and increases your chances of fighting against larger players with larger bankrolls. Right. 
Yeah. So in the 24 states that do have ballot initiatives, you can pass a petition the old fashioned way for online petitioning forever <laughs> after. But I can't seem to get any nonprofit interested in that because they're all focused on getting yes. their one thing done. Yes. And so let's and so and it's it, and it's even worse than that because I used to collect signatures for a living for initiatives. And I Whoa, just, whoa, whoa, you're gonna put yourself out of a job. Exactly. And I know some other people like me who believe in democracy enough that they would put themselves out of that job. But what was I going to say? No, they're getting the petition. So you're going to walk through the steps. I'm really good at distracting people. Um, you're gonna, step one is not getting your environmental petition the old fashioned way. Step one is getting digitization of petitions, petition in place and putting your weight, building a coalition, getting that, which will then allow all the rest to happen more easily. That's what I'd love to see. But I've had zero success. And I've talked to, a, I had a friend who is a college buddy with the president of Common Cause. They wouldn't even like talk to us. And League of Women Voters and a hundred others that I've tried because, well, some of them, the big ones like common, well, not particularly common cause, but three that I've been told who oppose it in Colorado are Planned Parenthood, America Votes, and I forget the third. And basically they say, well, like with Planned Parenthood, they're wearing, because if you make it easy, you make it easy for everyone. And then they thought, We'll have to fight anti-abortion initiatives every year. Yeah, but they always lose here in Colorado, at least. So to me, it's a minor inconvenience that you empower your enemies as well as yourself. Because basically, you know, our enemies are, are pretty, the people with the money already can get on the ballot really easily. It's we who can't get on the ballot easily. But that's that was what they said. I also think it's like, we're the 800-pound gorillas, and we don't want other people to have the power that we have to get on the ballot. So it, it depends how you look at it. But that's what we were told. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because I was about to just, on the other side of it, I always like to play it out of, of what actually happens. But to that end, right, to the organizations that say we actually benefit when democracy doesn't, you know, you have to take a pause and really digest what you just said and what you believe, because it's a very dangerous place to play. And frankly, I am I'm firmly on your side. And actually, we have we have worked with organizations like Planned Parenthood. And there is truth in that, that your your no, opposition is going to come for you no matter no matter what. And, you know, the, the fact that this country is certainly divided on political issues, we shouldn't be divided on our, our access to vote and our access to put initiatives in front of voters and, and play that out. I'm wondering, though, in Colorado, it has been in place. You are the live example of it. Can you explain, you know, I, I'm looking at, again, these two petitions just right now. I could say, like, pretty firmly, hearts for Boulder and safe zones for kids, those feel pretty, pretty solid. 
what has been the net result? Has there been a lot of the activists on either side, use or misuse of this system as far as you've seen? What does the data say about what has happened in this experiment? Well, <clears throat> so the two petitions that you saw really mostly got on the ballot with paper petitions, only a little bit online because it, mm. it's so hard to use. <clears throat> but two years ago, this group called Bedrooms Are for People that wanted to make our occupancy laws less onerous, allow more people to share a living unit. <clears throat> they got on the ballot entirely with our online petitioning system because the director was a web designer and created a whole website to help people use the city website and then babied each person along. <laughs> and so they used it successfully. And that was the only one of the four petitions that tried that have gotten on the ballot completely with the online system. And he said it wasn't worth it. He just, you know, oh, wow. he could have he could have spent the time he spent paper petitioning. But here's a better data set that we should look at. Switzerland is the world capital of direct democracy, where the people have voted on more, more things than the rest of the world put together for centuries. And since 1891, they also have national ballot initiatives, which the United States does not have. And I'm only aware that Uruguay uh, more recently got them. But Switzerland is the test case. And <clears throat> there, you can just leave a, a paper petition unattended in a store or office and people come by and you just come, I don't know, pick them up after a week or something and replace them. So it's almost as easy as online. And the result is they need four elections a year to accommodate all the initiatives and referenda that this gets. And after centuries, you may know Switzerland has the highest median net worth in the world. The Swiss people are the richest and they have one of the lowest poverty rates. And interestingly, they have the highest newspaper readership. And I would say that's because the Swiss can do something about what they're reading. They don't have to beg politicians for mercy. They do a petition. So there, in the whole country, 8 million people, they only at first they need like way less signatures proportion, proportionate to population as any US state, they need 100,000 signatures. And I figure, well, you just print enough petitions for 100,000 signatures and you put them out maybe in a thousand different places around the country and you have maybe 30 volunteers who pick up the old petitions and leave new ones once a week or so. And so maybe you also spend $5,000 to get it on the ballot. And so every year they say there's about 15 national initiatives 
and who knows how many on the regional and local levels. And so they need four elections a year. So arguably, they have four times more democracy than we do. And the country stays out of wars. The high-speed trains run on time. Like they say, the country runs like a Swiss watch. And, you know, what's not to like? And and, And after centuries of this, you can leave a petition unattended and no one's going to steal it. In the United States, that wouldn't work. People steal yard signs every election by the hundreds. You can't do that here because here everyone is in cheating mode all the time. So online petitioning is more suitable for the United States than leaving petitions unattended. Yeah, I... It's so fascinating. My mind just keeps going back and forth of like how how these systems would be gamed, but ultimately voters would then have to vote. It's a petition going through is not enacting anything. It still comes down to the vote and those are still in place. I'm in California and I actually really love all my ballot initiatives. Like I am really like, I got to go and research this stuff. It is, it's fun. And it really, like you said, it is, um, it, it, it does strengthen our democracy. So as we move more toward the the close here, I'm I'm curious. So you've got strengthen direct democracy. I know that as a, a Facebook group, we'll have links in the show notes here so people can find it. As a next step, someone listening to this, a nonprofit listening to this, they're in a state that has a current petition ability. But what you know, what would be that first step to to getting this digitized? Well, they could contact me. I'll give you my email. It's just, I'm Evan Ravitz, so it's eravitz at gmail. And, but mainly, they need to, if they want to do it on the state level, contact the Secretary of State. If they're going to do it on the city level, contact the city clerk and ask just the procedure for getting on the ballot. And they'll tell you it takes this many signatures and you have to get them by this date. And the the form has to be printed in these colors, blah, blah, blah. Pretty, pretty simple. And, uh, and then you will have to get a lot of petitioners, whether volunteer or paid, to go out and do it. And if you're doing it on the state level, you'll, depending on the state, you'll probably need a million bucks. Mm-hmm. On the local level, people still do it purely with volunteers quite often. But you're still going to take, you know, like for Boulder, we need a hundred, I'm sorry, 3,400 signatures. We normally figure, you know, maybe 40 people working for 10 hours each or something to collect signatures. So it's doable on the local level. Very rarely done just with volunteers on the state level. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super helpful. Uh, beyond fascinating. And I'm like, I, I think it's, it's a shame, frankly, that Colorado doesn't have as frictionless a system as, as possible, but there's certainly opportunities as tech improves and people find ways of, of going about it. And I think the positives of allowing direct democracy outweigh the cons of what if my enemies use this? Because your enemies are already using it. They're already, especially if they have large enough bankrolls, doing things that counter what you believe should be done. But you still 
ultimately rely on the voters because that's how the actual work gets done. Um, so I, I, um, I applaud the work and like amazing how much effort went into getting that done in, in, in Boulder. And I really wish there was more sort of data. And I mean, we have the data. If you create a tough online system, people don't use it very well. Ta-da! But hoping, hoping the best as you develop this more. So any final thoughts before we sign off here? Watch the documentary, All Governments Lie, free on YouTube. All Governments Lie. All right. It's on my list. And we'll put it in the, we'll put it in the show notes along with uh, the links to Strengthen Direct Democracy. And if you, if you are brave enough, I'll also toss your email in there. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because if they contact the city of Boulder, I have to say they will probably lie or dissemble or leave out important things because they already have many times. <clears throat> oh, also randomly, we uh, we also found out that you were the previous owner of vote.org, which is a hilariously relevant domain. Like, was there any story there on that? Well, my friend told me in 1995, hey, you know, someday <laughs> these domains are gonna be really valuable. And so I bought vote.org and I, I was promoting direct democracy in various ways, but I never could get any real traction. And I'm pretty sure that they downgraded our search optimization because we were threatening powerful people. And so I finally sold it in 2015 for a hundred thousand bucks. Thank you. Thank you, buddy, for that one. That's it's so interesting. You know, you look at these domains of like their history and they have these like, you know, funny origin stories to them. Yeah. All right. Well, Evan, thank you for your work. Um, we'll be sure to check out those resources. I hope if you are at all interested, you do get in touch with uh, Evan Rabbits on, on this topic. And it's just at the very least a good conversation to have. Thank you for having it with us, Evan. Thanks for having me, George. Appreciate it. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you.